once again and welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. Right here. And the resident NBA insider, the man Kyle Budzanowski. I'm over here. How we doing, fellas? Good. Doing right. good? All right, guys. We have so much to go over. Michigan loses a coach. The Cavs game one and John Beeline. We're all devastated. The conference finals, we're talking about how the Warriors look extra good since we talked about them last. They must have heard our last podcast. Um, I know, right? We're going to be talking some NBA lottery and how flawed it is. We're going to be talking some AEW officially on TNT, which is, if you're a wrestling fan, huge news. And, of course, we're talking some Matty P comments on Good Morning Football from this past week. Lots of stuff to go over, guys. It's a heavy basketball topic this week just because of everything that's going on. But I want to talk right at the top of it. John Beeline, the new head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, former Michigan coach, the winningest coach in Michigan basketball history, right? I mean... Even if he wasn't, I think we could say that. And people would be like, oh, yeah, totally. It makes sense, yeah. right? Most successful coach, obviously. Um, he's, you know, several Final Four appearances, a couple national championship games, a few Big Ten title wins, Big, title, Big Ten title tournament victories as well. Um, just overall, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Thoughts on John Beeline leaving? Um, I was absolutely devastated when he left. <laughs> I know um, you texted me. You're like, "What is going on?" <laughs> yeah. Well, I like from what I knew, there was yeah. no sense nothing, of him leaving nothing, at all. Right. And then Larry goes, "Oh, five year, hundred thirty million dollar contract to be yeah. in line to go to the Cavs." I said, "Oh, okay, that's right. cool. I guess yeah, that sucks, now we yeah. gotta go find somebody else. That's awesome." Yeah. But um, it's a big hit for Michigan. Um, I'm very nervous now because we also lost a lot of people, yes. and a lot of people are now decommitting from Michigan, which, which is expected. Which is expected. Yeah, right. like if you yeah. lost John Harbaugh, people are not going to go to Michigan as frequently as right. Of course, to, yep. if he was there. Um, but that really scares me now mm-hmm. that like we lost what four guys going into the draft this year that were starters, yep. and now you, you lose Beeline, so now you're losing right. these top four or five star recruits that you're supposed to be getting in because he was there. Yeah. So it kind of has me worried for the future mm-hmm. unless we get a certain coach. Yeah, get the, hold on. I'll hold on that for a second. We'll, okay. we'll hit on that in a second. Kyle, okay. give me your instant thoughts. You get the notification on your phone. Mm-hmm. JB's leaving. I mean, are you like me where I just went, oh, son of a, you know, like, like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the best coach that Michigan has and he's gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was sitting in my algebra class and I got a, I got a, a Twitter notification. Clearly from, focusing uh, hard on his, you know, on his yeah. studies. Yeah, and I see your scholar over here. He's really hoping this podcast pans out. Yes. <laughs> we are hoping for the best. But I was in my math class and I yeah. see that Woj uh, says, as Michael said, the beeline to the Cavs for yeah. however many million, right. five years, and I'm like, no way. This isn't real. This can't be real. This right. can't be real. I'm like, no way. It's the fake Woj account. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> and the, exactly. my friend, he sits next to me, he, he's Michigan basketball too, he's like, no way, it's real. It's fake. But then I get more alerts right. than it's on Everybody Spotify. Everybody keeps reporting Spotify, and reporting. Sports reporting, Center. Reporting. And I'm like, oh my god, this is real. This can't be possibly real. I, we're what gonna sucks lose is he's people. going to the Cavs, too. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to think, like, if I'm like, alright, you want to go coach the Lakers. Alright, he's got LeBron. Maybe he's going to yeah. have some pretty good success, right? Like, that would be a guy where you go, okay, now LeBron's got, like, a legit coach. No, he's yeah. going to the Cavs, and the Cavs suck. So yeah. it's like, oh, you know, like, that's, I guess, my next question is, can he be successful in Cleveland? Because, like, to me, that team, like, if they would have won the number one pick, which is apparently one of the reasons why he went and he thought it was a good opportunity, right, is he's like, mm-hmm. we have the possibility of getting the number one pick and everything else. They're not, but... I mean, can he be successful in Cleveland? He's a hell of a coach, yeah. right? He's known for his offensive prowess and everything else like that, but I think even his defensive skill, is, you know, the defense for Michigan's always been good. Um, I don't know how necessarily successful he's going to be able to be mm-hmm. just because of where he's going. Not so much as a reflection of him yeah. as a coach, but more Cleveland's a dumpster fire. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? That might give I mean, me a take. I mean, you're not wrong with that. Yeah. However, I almost look at him coaching as like Brad Stevens was when he was in college going into the pros. Right. Where he can take... He's actually... Brad Stevens is a better coach with less talent. Right. As you I saw two that. years ago. For sure. When Kyrie Irving wasn't there and you had guys like Terry Rozier mm-hmm. and the rookies and Tatum and um, Jason Brown. J- Jason Brown. Tatum and Jalen Brown. Right. Um, they were excelling expectations and then getting to the conference finals, losing mm-hmm. in seven right. to inevitably LeBron James and that right, Cats team that went to the finals. Yeah. Um, and I think... Don't buy, don't buy no, the noise, yeah. guys. We just got weather coming in, so it's okay. It's yeah. not us, I promise. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, like a house like just disappears. Yeah, exactly. If you hear a hard cut and this somehow still makes air, just know that Kyle's probably gone, but the rest of us are okay. <laughs> yeah, I felt it. They stayed. I yeah. flew. Okay. And, yeah. But anyway, as you're um, saying. So, right. yeah. So, Steven does a good job with building up his talent. That's For not sure. as good. I think Beeline does the same. When you looked at all these Michigan teams, they never right. had the Zions or the no. R.J. Barretts or all the – or, like, Kyrie's and Duke and stuff. But they always could make things work with, like, their Xavier the Simpsons, Simpsons right. and yeah, exactly. Ignis Brodzingis Take, and stuff. Taking guys that necessarily people may not look at as top-tier talent and putting them into the rotation and putting yeah. them in a position to succeed. Yeah. Right? I mean, so, yeah. so then when you look at this catch and you got, well, you got Colin Sexton, you got, you know, C.D. Osman, yeah. and you got some of these younger guys that are still right. developing. Mm-hmm. I think Beeline can do a good job in developing. And them. you have a stretch guy like Love, too, right? Exactly. Like, you look at it, they've always had that stretch big who can mm-hmm. shoot the three. Yeah. You know what I mean? So with all of that being said, especially after their draft and stuff, because they are picking in the top five, right. which is a good place yeah, to you're be gonna get, you're going to get you're a getting, potential starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean... I think it could be a fit for yeah. how he coaches, just mm-hmm. like Brad Stevens was with Celtics. But at the other hand, it is a dumpster fire there, and yeah. they haven't literally done anything except when LeBron's there. Right. So I think it's, like I, a, it's I almost think like a flip of the coin. Point. I think if me. you're a Cleveland fan, you're extremely optimistic, right? Because oh, yeah. he's a guy who's who's fundamentally based, right? He's going to be well liked by the community. He's a hell of a coach, um, hell of a personality. Um, I mean, Kyle, do you think that is he going to have any sort of modicum of success there, or is is he is he going to? Are we going to see trouble year one, year two, year three? Just because even if they hit on this draft pick, right? Yeah. People still aren't sold on Sexton, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Love's only getting older and more fragile, as we've seen. So there's not there's not a lot of ton of other, you know, I mean, what, Nick Stauskas? He's going to get signed, re-signed, <laughs> yeah. cut, re-signed, cut. You know what I mean? So what, I mean, is Beeline going to have some modicum of success there? Or is this going to be one of those things where he's making this jump because it's his last pretty much probably his last chance to do it, right? He's in his mid-60s, and he's just going to ride this out? Or is he is he going to be like a Brad Stevens and really turn the Cavs team around? I could see them turning it around, but I honestly believe that it probably won't go anywhere. I feel like the organization in general is mm-hmm. like a dumpster fire, and I don't really see how they could really... I mean, unless you get something crazy where you can right. maybe... like Whoever you draft is like the next LeBron. It turns out to be some whack. I just can't see right, exactly. anything like that yeah. going on. And I kind of hate to see it, because at least if you stay in Michigan, you're going to have maybe a couple a Final Four run, mm-hmm. something like that. You had a promising team with these, these top recruits, and now they're gone. But... I, I just really can't see them right. doing it. That I, I think, too, I think a reason why he's leaving is due to the college game and how it's mm-hmm. set up, right? These one-and-dones, it's impossible to make a basketball team, right? So every year you're constantly having to reshuffle, reload, and, you know, have a new starting lineup every year, you know. Like the the year they went to the, fi- the final, not this most recent time, but the time before that, where they had guys, you know, Trey Burke was there for a really long time. Hardaway was there for a couple of years. You had guys that you could you could develop and you see grow mm-hmm. within the system. Whereas in now, like Iggy, Iggy should not be going to the draft. No. He really shouldn't. I mean, no. first half of the year, I bet, you know, yeah, he's probably gone. Second half of the year, 
He should probably stay for yeah. a sophomore season. I don't season. get why like Jordan Poole's leaving. Exactly. That's my that's my point though, right? And to Beeline's point, it's like, all right, well, these guys are gonna leave. Even though they're not ready, they're gonna go anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Right? It's impossible. I'm never gonna be able to recruit like Duke does. I'm never gonna be able to get the guys like Roy Williams does at UNC. So why not make that jump? Something that none of those guys have done, right? And say maybe I can actually develop a team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And have that chance. What's next for Michigan, right? Who is your ideal candidate? Give me one name. Okay, okay give me one name that you want to see come in here because I like the way that Michigan is approaching this coaching search, right? It's, yeah. I want somebody who's been a head coach before, and I want somebody, I want to get the right guy, right? I want to get the right guy. They're not going to go in and promote an assistant, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to go, I think they're looking top shelf tier talent here as far as coaching goes. Who is the number one guy on your list if you're calling right now? Who do I call? Anywhere. I don't care if he's a high school coach. I don't care if he's college, pros. Oh, who okay. are you going for? Um, my number one. My number one guy, and this might shock people, but yeah. I think from the NBA experience that he brings, Billy yeah. Donovan. Oh, no, that's not true. Yeah, I'm right on with you. Like, I, I think Billy it would Donovan. be perfect, so especially because now as OKC, yeah. um, they're kind of in that stagnant mode where I think... They're not getting any better. They're not going to get any better. Nope. So I feel like there's a, a very good chance that sometime you might be like, you might see a, oh, he gets released mm-hmm. because he's not getting him over the edge. It's been three playoffs, three first-round exits. Right. Now he needs to go back. He can go to one of the top ten coachings of... Uh, Basketball yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. This place places. is a place to be, no yeah. doubt, for sure. And bringing all that NBA experience, mm-hmm. now you're going almost down a level, right? Just like enhance it, like it's like uh, Harbaugh going from NFL, then you go into college football. It's almost like it's a little harder because mm-hmm. now you're recruiting instead of drafting and stuff. Yes. But at the same time, it's yes. like less schedule, less workload, right? And um, you had that pro experience, which is a lot tougher to learn. Mm-hmm. Now you can like go down a level right. almost. For sure. So for I sure. love Billy, Billy Donovan there. All right, Kyle, same question. Who is your dream scenario to come in to coach Michigan basketball? I was going to say the exact same thing. I looked yeah. at Michael. We probably yeah. knew, but I was going to say <laughs> I the exact same feeling, thing. But yeah. yeah. It's, and like Michael said, it's it's real, like, it's real. You have the NBA coach and down to the college basketball. It really, it really, it, it, Hi. I can't talk. About <laughs> but it would really help Michigan with that NBA experience. And even though he's not, he's not doing anything with OKC, it's not looking like it's going to work out because what will most likely happen, they'll probably hire someone from within the within the like the actual organization. But looking outside my even Brad, I even like Brad Stevens. I even love right. Brad. If he Brad Stevens, yeah. Good lord. I know. Jeez, hey, talk there, about there's some, a chance because all Boston me. sports are going to win a championship except the Celtics this year. Talk about me falling out of my chair. Good lord. If mm-hmm. if Brad Stevens came, but to your point with Billy Donovan, right? The coaching experience. But I think a lot of people are forgetting too. He won two national championships at Florida. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean. He did it with Joe Kim Noah as the star player. Okay, let's just let's just let that breathe oh, for a second. You guys don't like Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah. He was a beast in college. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. It's Greg Oden. Okay. <laughs> like that. Those are some sweet battles that never happened after. But you know, the point being is that I do like that. I think another guy too who was kind of under the radar for some people because he hasn't had the success that people thought he would is Shaka Smart from Texas. He's a guy where I look at him and I look at his style of coaching and their style of play. The amoeba defense that they run, where it's like a havoc, they're full court press all the time. They smother teams, right? Yeah. I think that's a guy where you come in and if you give him the resources, allow him. He's been in, he's at a place too in Texas where football is king, right? Just like Michigan is, right? Where you're you're understanding your place within the hierarchy that football takes precedent no matter what. But a guy like him, the fact that he put you know a good product on the court for VCU, I know that the results necessarily haven't been there for Texas, yeah. but. 
with the ability to recruit, he's a very good recruiter still, and the opportunity to kind of change. Because if you can play good defense in the Big Ten, right, you have a chance, Mm -hmm. right? So being able to have the best defense and to really put pressure on teams consistently, I love the way they do that. So I think that's a guy, too, that within the college ranks that, you know, you could really take a look at and be, you know, on there. All right, let's shift now from... You know, let's shift from John Beeline and the Cavs and a team that's a dumpster fire. Let's shift to teams now that are playing for championships. I want to talk about the Warriors um, and the Bucks for a second because I think we both know that both these series are pretty much done, right? Like it's going to be the Warriors. Oh, it's going to, as of this recording, it's three o two o. It's not nothing's happening. So, um, but to, in your opinion, right? Just give me, just give me this. Is it the Warriors or is it the Bucks? Which which is the team to beat right now? Because Warriors look good. We're going to talk about the Curry-Durant situation in a second. But which is the team to beat? Because right now, I mean, you look at the Warriors as they're playing, they're out, they're playing they've never played better mm-hmm. this entire playoff. But the Bucks, it's not like they haven't played better because they've already been playing up here forever. So Okay, I look at it in a sense, I think the Bucks are the team to beat, if you want okay. to answer your question. Okay. Um, when you look at how the Warriors play, to me personally, mm-hmm would not suit well for the Bucks, meaning that the Bucks have such an advantage. Right. And the only reason I say that is your first half, it looks like the Warriors don't care. Yeah, no. They're just kind of they're up just, and down the court. Like they play cool. right. Houston Houston, they yeah. would always be down or be tied or something at halftime. Portland, yeah. the last two games have been down fifteen and twenty points at halftime. And you know, it's just Portland, so you're able to shoot your way back. If you're playing the Bucks and the Pistons learned this firsthand. If you're down 15 at halftime to the Bucks, the Bucks no. aren't going to be like, all right, I'm no, just always just like, keeps no, growing. Bucks just Three, grow it. Four, yeah. five, right. And it's then eventually they hit the 30, 35 point lead. Right. And then that's something that the Warriors, even if you want to kick it and have a 60 point quarter, you're not going to like right. beat out the Bucks. Yeah, because their offensive productivity never changes, no matter no. who's on the court, whether Giannis is there or not. That's nope. the, that's the difference, and that's right? one thing where, as in, like when you have the, it's almost like the LeBron effect where he goes out and it's an eight point swing. When Giannis goes out, they actually, I think he has a minus right yeah, now, the plus are, minus, yeah, exactly. because when he leaves, they For actually sure. increase their lead, and Absolutely. then he goes back, and then it keeps growing. Right. But um, so I think I think the Bucks are the team to beat. Right. Out how the Warriors are playing currently mm-hmm. right now. Kyle, same question, man. Like I mean, the Warriors are looking really really good right now. But to mm-hmm. Mike's point, right. The Bucks have not ever wavered, like even a little bit. Even that first loss to Boston, right? Like they came back and beat the living dog crap out of Boston yeah. in those next four games. So, are you kind of in the same boat, or you think, well, the Warriors are the champs? They're showing why they're the champs mm-hmm. without Durant, without Boogie. I mean, it's a coin flip. Yeah, with the with the Warriors, my problem is when they when Kevin because they're playing so well without Kevin Durant and Boogie Cousins. So I feel like eventually when Kevin come, Kevin Durant would come back like in the finals against Milwaukee. Like, is there going to be some sort of conflict? Like, the Warriors are playing so well without right. him, and he comes back, and they start playing like they start playing like less as well, mm-hmm. and that's when the media starts talking about. It. That's when it starts getting in their heads, and they lose the Milwaukee. That's when you have a situation where like Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson are going to leave because you have this internal conflict, and I feel like. While Milwaukee, they're just all around great, and they don't have that. Conflict. So you're saying, so you're saying Milwaukee is definitely the team right now. That, yeah, they're just that, structurally yeah. a lot better. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing too. And let's just kind of shift right to. I'm I'm in agreement with you guys, right? I think Milwaukee just because the consistency and the offensive efficiency is the part that kills me. Where their starters are off the, are on the bench, and they're still productive, and they're yeah. still putting even up if they're, and even it if they're not stupid. like even if they're not like beating the team, no, they're, they're not maintaining. Losing it. Exactly. Yeah, they're not it's losing. just like they're just coasting. It's like. 
right, we can hold the lead at seven yeah. until you guys come for back. For like three it's minutes, like, and then you guys come Lord. back. It's just, it's extremely exactly. impressive. And Toronto's deep, too, on their bench. So it's like, I look at some of their guys, they're coming off, and I'm like, all right, you know, that should be, they can't close no. any ground no. whatsoever. It's, it's incredible. But, I mean... To your point, Kyle. Right, there is going to be there is some there's some stuff percolating in Golden State, right? Where they they haven't played better than right now, and Durant's out. Right yeah. now, I don't subscribe to the theory that they are quote unquote better without Durant. Durant is a premier scorer. He is probably the second best player in the game right now. I don't care what you say; he's not better than LeBron James. So, with that being said, um, I know Mike like that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, it's just part. not. It's just not. I mean, let's yeah. be real. But anyway. I actually think there's someone Dif- maybe better. But different, to- different topic, but anyway. So, with that being said, they are playing better, though, right now. They're not a better team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But they do play differently. So, yeah. are they benefiting from the fact that Durant's out so they can go back and play this high fly, like, boom, 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 yeah. go back and forth? I I personally think Steph and Clay are the two best, some, I think two of the best guards ever. For sure. Like, no when, they're, when they're playing alone, yeah. it's... Like free ball, mm-hmm. and they're so okay with taking these deep shots, yeah. and they may, and they're, they're super consistent. Yeah, I think the problem that KD brings, and it wasn't shown the first year, and you had signs of it the second year, and now you're really seeing it this year. Is the second he gets it, it's iso ball. Yes, it's like if Absolutely. and my problem Everyone is it, stops, and it's it's almost like if James Harden went there, they had the exact same problem. Was the ball's going around, Steph's running around the court, and then KD touches it. And then he holds it for 15 seconds and then shoots it. Right. And instead, what he should be doing is Steph comes around a screen and you just pass it right back to Steph and he right. shoots a shot. It, yes, exactly. I think, I think KD holds a little bit of, he's kind of almost a ball hog. That, like, he gets the triple-double stat. Right, for sure. But it's one of those triple-double stats that are like, is it really impacting? Mm-hmm. Because he's getting 42 points and he shoots right. like 30 shots a game. Well, realistically, mm-hmm. Steph Curry should be doing that, right. I feel like. Right. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you. And as you're saying, the flow stops yep. when Durant is on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. Not taking anything from Durant. And I think they've even come out and said, it's hard not to just defer to Durant and yeah. just go, all right, go for it. You know what I mean? And I you think, do you. you I think I mean? it would be almost perfect if you could... And I know this would never yeah. happen if Katie almost came off the bench or play with the role players more. Yeah, because you have, you have a go-to. Guy yeah, because to go then with, if you right. take Steph and Clay out and just throw Katie out there for four minutes, right. And he literally does it all himself for those four yeah. minutes, and then they come back and then I'm you gonna can give, give a quick a shout out to Draymond Green. I give that man a lot of flack on this show, but he is playing out of his mind right now. I don't think it's gonna last, but I just saw an article today where it's like Draymond's most important word. I went, all right, calm it down. Okay, he's had a, he's I had think, a good series. I, I think there's I think there's um. It's like a quarter right, I yeah. would say. Where, like, I think without him, th- like, you need that one defensive. Not oh, even, no doubt. Not even yeah, defensive, no you need doubt. that one, like, hard guy yeah. that, like, will For get sure. in a fight with somebody. For sure. Like Dennis yeah. Rodman was and stuff like that. You, yeah. like, you need that one guy who's going to get gritty with people. Yeah. And he, I, that's his yeah. role almost. No doubt. I just, offensively, just frustrates me. No, he can only pass. God, Lord. All right. Kyle, same question to you, though, right? I mean, what what is this? What is, I mean, give me your take on how the Warriors are going to balance this going into the finals. Because, like I said, the flow stops, right? Mm-hmm. The energy, I think, is different with him out there, right? I mean, they're more dangerous theoretically, right, with him out there. No doubt about it, right? We kind of know he's probably gone, right? He's probably going to New York. And if I'm the Warriors, I'm reassigning Clay Thompson the minute after we win a championship if they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with that yeah, being said, so... I mean, do you think it's one of those things where do you think they're just kind of like holding off on Durant, saying, you know what, you just rest up. We're clearly playing okay. Or are, is he going to be a tipping point for them going forward against Milwaukee, more than likely? 
Uh, when he comes back, I if you if you learn how to have this rotation where he can come in when Curry's out and you kind of balance that, I mm-hmm. could see how they could that could push them like past Milwaukee. But if you're you're sitting in a perspective of Steph Curry, I'm 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 scoring like thirty five a game, you know, mm-hmm. thirty five eight and eight a game. I'm yeah. doing all this crazy stuff. We're winning out of our minds. We're right. We're we're killing Portland. It's all easy. And then if we're and you're gonna have Kevin Durant come back in the finals, and it's gonna kind of, it might just mess everything up. Mm-hmm. You're fine with him not being in because why you're right. everything is going great for you. You 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 specifically are looking fantastic. You probably will be the Finals MVP if you don't play, and the team overall is going to win a Finals. So if if he's injured, do why rush him back? Do you think I, now that I, now that you mentioned this whole like him coming off the bench thing, is it the craziest idea in the world because he's technically hurt? Like if Steve no. goes, listen, man, you're only at ninety five percent. You don't need to start. You don't need to play thirty five minutes. It's okay, man. You can play twenty four. And exactly. still be effective and put up twenty five. You know what yeah, I, mean? I mean? Like that's cr- it's never gonna happen, like you said. But it's a total, it's a totally yeah. easy like, buy. in if you're, you be like, he's hurt still. Yeah. He's well he's because playing out that, there, he's that whole, it out for us. the whole situation of yeah. that is Curry and uh, Clay can only play like thirty two minutes a game then, which right. helps them get through the finals. Exactly. If the, he's just coming in off the bench for yeah. them. I mean, it really helps them. I feel like. Yeah. However, they won't. Yeah, they're not going to do that, obviously. But it's it's something game, extremely, but. extremely interesting. Like I said, it's I'm really excited for when he leaves and goes to New York or wherever he does and everything because that's going to change. I think the landscape a little bit of the league. You I, know, I think and, if he went to New York on a hot take, they don't win anything. Ever no, again. they don't. They, that's that's another story. But spoiler alert: they ain't winning crap. But that's another thing. What did OKC win? I'm still waiting. So, <laughs> I'm just throwing Let's that out. Just go back there. to OKC. That <laughs> yeah, cool. right. Yeah, exactly. And then get rid of Westbrook. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. But all right, that's going to be it for part one of this episode. On the way after the break, we're talking NBA lottery and how much I hate it. We're going to talk AEW officially on TNT. And we got some Maddie, Maddie Patricia comments on uh, Good Morning Football on NFL Network. All that plus some great stuff coming your way. Stick around after the break. Hey guys, this is the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika from the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Just reminding you that we are live every single Monday at 7 in the morning on your favorite streaming services. All five major sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and professional wrestling. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast every Monday, 7 a.m. See you there. Okay, welcome back to part two. Let's jump right into it. More basketball talk for you guys. I know I have you basketball today. All right, let's talk the NBA lottery, all right? Pelicans win the first pick, all right? And we're going to get into how this is all stupid in a second. But okay. does the, the bigger question is not – these are not going to change this, right? Yeah. But there is some incentive. Does this end tanking for the NBA? Because a couple people came out and basically said this is going to end tanking because the Pelicans had no reason to even win this pick, right? Yeah. It should have been the Knicks or Cleveland or yeah. whoever had the 15% chance or however they do the it, Suns. right? Right, the Suns, the other yeah. one, right? So – and the Pelicans get it. Yes, so close. The Lakers are so close. I know, right? One percent so chance. Yeah, exactly. So devastated. I screamed. Okay, wait. Do you know how it works? Yeah. Apparently, Did you watch it? No, I saw it after the fact. Okay, because they went like they, so. Yeah. They announced like 14, 13, 12, 11. Yeah. and then after eleven, they're like Lakers are guaranteed a top four pick. And I said, yes. How? Right. And I like yeah. I didn't like it didn't. Click There's to that, me and the only reason why the Pelicans weren't is because Atlanta somehow had a bad. Record. I was, and then like Memphis and Pelicans got it right after nine. Yeah, exactly. And this was, is this is my freaking point though, right? The fact that we as sports fans and people who do this and look at this and have to cover this stuff for the purpose of this show still don't understand what the hell is going on. That should be a sign to the NBA to change your damn format, okay? But 
To the point, though, and I understand why they don't, because they have real no incentive to do it. But more so, does this end tanking, though, for teams like the Knicks? Because the Knicks did, right? The Knicks went, yeah. wow, we're really freaking terrible, yeah. and we want Zion. So, See, is it, I mean? okay, is the problem that they're... T- well, I know people come out and yes. say that we're tanking. Yeah. Was it that they're tanking, or are they just really bad? Like, I think that's something think, you have to look I think into. If you're, I think if you're the league, right... I think the league hates the fact that you're tanking. That's why they put yeah. those rules in to not set your superstars. Because, like, say, like, the NFL, if they started a, right. a lottery thing, oh what if you're, like, gosh. the Lions and you go 0-16, but you just suck? Like, you're just right. not a good team. Right. Like, you're not trying to lose. You, right. you just cannot win a game. But that's, and then, and then, then you, the and then, why, like, yeah, I don't think that's the, I think when you're, when, that's why I get annoyed. I think the problem is that in like, the NBA, too, you do suck. But I don't think, I think in football it's a little bit different because you only have 16 chances. Right? Yeah, sure. I think in the NBA, you got 82 and you win 12. 12? Come on. Like, there's teams that are around you who are just as bad. You you can only, you can only win 12. If they won, like, 25, I'd be like, okay, yeah, you're just really, really bad. Yeah. Right? But 12, you know, like, the, well, the 76ers win. 7 or something. Like, you know, something stupid yeah. where it was like, nine. you know what I mean? They went 9 and 73 because then it was flipped. Right, was exactly. Flipped. I was like... Come on, like for real, you know what I mean. So I think that as the if you're the league and you're the commissioner, you're going, all right, this is stupid. This sucks for the league. It sucks for the game. Where at least then, if you if you change this, right, it, if you're gonna suck, you're gonna suck. But at least then you have you know people going to bad teams like yeah. you do in the NFL. Where at least it kind of injects some talent into it. So even if they're even if they get better, right, you have more competition in the league, which I think yeah. is more incentive. But if you're the if you're the teams, because I don't get the number one overall pick, right? Why would I start tanking? I, I get the guarantee. When's the last time the projected number one team got the first pick? Mm, I'll have to go back. Probably Cleveland. You know yeah. what I mean? Something like that. Right. And, and they want back. I mean, for a, you know, if for a team to win, you, you're basically getting lucky in winning back to back, right? That's how the like, man, the Magic got Shaq and Penny, or technically Chris Hart, Chris Webber, but point being, right? You just happen to win it, and you don't even deserve to be in the conversation of being that. I mean, New Orleans was bad. They weren't that bad. No. You know what I mean? Where they should have the first overall pick. I think that's stupid. Oh, I you know what I mean? Totally I just, agree. it just, I think it defines. Like, an era where it's just, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no logic reasoning why the Pelicans share the first I think the pick. only thing is, for basketball purposes, I think you kind of go into it, like, if you're that bad, yeah. one guy, like, from college doesn't really make that much of a difference to you. And right. it's weird cause to think that, like, basketball is a star-driven league. For sure. But I think, like... If you put like if you put Zion on the Knicks, mm-hmm. they win twelve games. What are they going to win like twenty two next year? Right. Because him by himself is not beating like LeBron James and no. Yacht. They got all these no. really good teams and right. stuff. So like I think like if you if you give the number one pick to the Pelicans who have AD, now you potentially get Zion there. You got Drew Holiday. Like now you're actually like a contender almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's why they do it. So like you actually build more contenders quicker. But um, long term, like I don't really get. Well, it. I wish more. And I understand it, from a business perspective. If you're the Knicks, right? Yeah. You have never won anything ever. Uh-huh. Let's be real. So, but people talk about you anyway. And if you're the Knicks, though, and you're like, okay, we have all this cap space, and we're gonna get Zion. If nothing else, even if everybody went, no, you're the Knicks. We hate you. I don't want to go play for you. Right? You can still sell to your fan base. We have Zion. Right. From a business perspective, the number one pick means something in any sport, right? The Cardinals are going to be able to sell hope to their fans because we have Kyler Murray, right? He can't yeah. see over of offensive linemen, but that's fine. Hey, Bruce can't either. Right, exactly. So. He just throws it blind. But point being is that 
with with Zion going to New York, it'd be like, okay, right? I can sell some sort of hope. Even though no one believes me, I can sell it and the diehard fans will still buy it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, the Lions will try to spin it. Oh, we got this guy. And when we start out one and four, I'm going to throw a brick through a wall. It's just what's going to happen. So, the, you know what I mean? It's selling that hope of the franchise. We but will not buy again, vineyard vines. Yeah, we will not. Oh. Dang it. You know, Kyle will. But Kyle will. Yeah, we won't. Right? <laughs> but... I don't know. It's, for me, it's just one of those things where you look at it and you go, if I am now the Knicks, I go, well, that was a waste because, you know, I understand trading off whatever decent players you have to clear cap space for superstars. I understand putting out the worst possible product in, in hopes of turning it around the year after like they're doing, right? Yeah. Totally cool with that. But if I don't got the guaranteed first overall pick along with that, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Like, you can still suck and trade off all your talent and be... Like, look like professional athletes. They don't look like professional athletes out there. You know what I mean? Like me and Kyle are playing. Yeah, exactly. Basically, right? Like, okay, well, you know, I mean, if you're playing, like, say, the Pistons, yeah, I can guard Bruce Brown, but you can't guard anybody else, but Bruce Brown should be on the Knicks, too. You know what I mean? He's that kind of – it's just – Frustrate the hell out of me is really yeah. what it does. Kyle, do you have any thoughts on the draft lottery? I want to ask you this. Uh, I want to ask you this. If you're the yeah. Pelicans GM, do you take Zion? Do I take Zion? Is he, is, he your, is he your favorite prophet? Because some people are like, I don't want Zion. So oh, I, I've I seen mean, that. I've seen that where it's like, you know. I like someone better, but the Pelicans themselves. He can't, he can't shoot, right? Well, he really can't shoot. He's not a good free throw shooter, right? He's athletic. He's an athletic freak, right? But, I mean, from a basketball perspective, is he truly the best basketball player? Like, if you're, I, if you're, you're going to lose AD anyway. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. You're losing AD after this year, yeah. before that. Mm-hmm. But, so is he the guy I'm building around? I w- so I believe he is the best in this draft, but if you think about it, if you're the Pelicans, you could be like, okay, these teams, I will give you the first pick, and you go to Anthony Davis, and you go, who do you want to play with to stay on this team? Yeah, and that's Wait, probably yeah. the yeah. only thing. That's I a hot take, actually, because I never thought about it like that. That's a good. That's a good call for yeah. sure. If if you want to keep Anthony Davis and or get a, a dude who's who's good, right? You'd be like, okay, I'd, we'll yeah, give I'd you. I was actually not first wrong. I'd, I'd rather do that. I would definitely trade the first overall pick for the rights to Zion over and oh, yeah. and then keep. Oh yeah, if you, if, like if I go to Lakers, say all right, you if we can get LeBron, will you stay? Right? Because yeah. theoretically, the Lakers have no incentive to hold LeBron no. right now. Like, none. And LeBron has, I mean, don't go to New Orleans because that's just dumb. But <laughs> point being, right, like, if you're a guy like Clay Thompson or Kyrie Irving, right, like, who do you want to play with? Yeah. Who's the superstar? Yeah. We will give them the first overall pick for him. Yeah. Just tell us you'll stay and sign. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea. But, Mike, same question to you. Without that being on the table, because that's a pipe dream for all Pelican fans, if they're the four of them. Um, you know, I'm sorry. Your name is the Pelicans. I mean, that alone, you were starting off bad. Um, do you do you take Zion? Do you, is that like if you're if you're Dave Griffin now, you're like, yep, I want Zion. He's the everyone says the consensus, or is it somebody else? Because um, I'm testing you're not taking Zion. No, I actually. I, well, in, in that case, I think if you're losing AD, you take yeah. Zion. Mm-hmm. But if somehow if he stays or you can resign him. I like Jean Morant better. Yeah. And I only say this because he's a pure point guard, so you're going to run everything through him, mm-hmm. getting the ball to 80 every single time. Mm-hmm. And with someone like a True Holiday also at shooting guard with you, then you have a shooter out there, you yeah. have your big guy down low, and you have your, your pure playmaking point guard. Right. That's a very good combination of guys there. Mm-hmm. I don't think Zion would really fit into like 
what they do with with uh, Anthony Davis because the paint would just get super crowded because right. Anthony Davis can't go outside of six feet and do anything, mm-hmm. and um, Zion can't do anything out of six feet either. Yeah. So well, that's like, the, and that's the thing would, though, like, right? Like, like you, okay, like, like if you're David, and that's a perfect point, right? Is that okay? Play? We take Zion. We still have AD, right? We're not willing to give him out without a fight. Yada yada yada. Right? Whatever. They take Zion. Okay. You're you're now you're playing you're pulling a card out of the Pistons playbook. All right, everyone else is going to shooters and going for the three ball. No, we're gonna keep it inside and clog the paint because that yes. seems to work for everybody else, right? Yes. And once again, I don't know if Zion. I mean, like I honestly don't know if Zion will ever develop a shot, like a true shot. Well, he could he be Ben Wallace type player where he's a defensive MVP, right? And he is you know dominant on the defensive side. He can rebound. He out jumps everybody. He's sending shots through the roof. Sure, no okay. doubt about it, right? But I'm not building my franchise around a guy who, you know... And a shooter's m- league can't shoot. Right, exactly. Basically. In a shooter's league where defense does no longer comes at a premium, do I want to build my team around a guy who can't shoot outside of a small square? You know what I mean? It's not like he's no. got some sweet post moves that he can pull out. It's not like he's got a fadeaway like Rashid did or something like that. He doesn't have any of that. No. And he can't shoot free throws. No. I mean, he's I, like he's like a worse Shaq. Yeah. Then you like get into league and you realize that instead of in college, every single guy's like Giannis or LeBron and Kawhi yeah, that you're exactly. going against. Giannis would destroy Zion. Yeah. It wouldn't even be funny. No. Right. Like I, I mean, like, like everyone's bigger than you when you yes, get to the NBA and, and you realize everyone's that. athletic. Yeah. Everyone's the best of the best. You're not playing against the white kid who you know went to Providence. Okay. You're playing against the the best of the best. Even you know, like can you imagine him going against LeBron. It would be a disaster, right? Yeah, going be. against Kawhi would be a disaster. Kawhi is a defensive whiz, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, is he going to run over Andre Drummond? Yeah, that's not hard. But, uh, you know, anybody... We have any point sort- guards that could do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anybody of any sort of relevance who's going to make an impact in this league, I don't see Zion in that mix, right? Not especially really. right now, just with the skill. Athletic freak, no doubt. But athleticism's only going to get you so far. Even the great LeBron James who came in as the genetic freak that he is, developed a shot. At some point. You know what I mean? I don't know. It took just... four years. <laughs> yeah. But he got one. He got one, and that's all that matters. All that he matters. got rings, so that's all that matters. I don't know. It's just, for me, if you're the Pelicans, uh, you're the Pelicans. That's what it is. I'm sorry. Um, all right, enough about my high horse on the lottery. I want to talk about something that makes me extremely excited. So, Kyle, you can take a break for a second. <laughs> AEW, All Elite Wrestling, officially on TNT. I am so excited. I was so pumped for the announcement. Mike, I... I have a lot of like really strong thoughts about this, so I'm you gonna have I'm, strong I'm, thoughts. Oh, about dude, I'm this? so excited! Uh, I'm so pumped for this whole thing. Know, but strong thoughts, how but... big is this TV deal for professional wrestling as a whole? Um, it's absolutely huge. I don't it's... think I no, it's not huge. It's huge. It oh, is yeah. ginormous. Ginormous. Oh my Gargantuan. gosh! Put some excitement in your voice because listen. You weren't, you know, you weren't really a fan. You're, you're a little younger than I am, so you weren't really around for like heavy Monday Night War stuff, right? I was right. I was like four, five, six, seven. That when that time was happening, right? I cannot tell you the potential of what this could be and how awesome it yeah. could be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when like you go on every oh. wrestler in the world is hyping this up as like Jeez. the changing of like the and tones they're excited everything. about yeah. it. Like Matt Riddle is like, dude, like you're gonna, you're, this is stuff you're never gonna see before, right? Like it's stuff, like it's like yes. insane. It's not even about the fact that okay, well, all it's gonna be different because the Bucks and Kenny. It's not about that. It's about the money. It's about the fact that we are finally gonna have a company that is gonna be on mainstream t- cable television, right? 
prime time going not necessarily time slot for time slot right not monday versus monday but going for, you know rating versus rating product versus product in front for the first time really giving you a true viable alternative to wwe yeah. on a major scale mm-hmm. on a major scale even T- you can say tna with spike that hit three hundred thousand homes this is tnt it's part of the turner network okay it's a completely different entity as a whole you know what I mean? I mean, I don't think... I think some people who are the younger fans who may have only watched WWE, your mind's about to be blown. Mm-hmm. Even if the product sucks. Like, Double or Nothing could suck, and people are still going to watch it, right? Yeah. AEW could suck for three years, and people go, oh, okay, you know yeah. you know what I mean? It's absolutely crazy. And I'm going to ask you this, Mike, because of what the potential is, but do you think, because some of the some of the wrestlers are saying this, is it officially a new war? Is it a um, war? Or do you, does, do you have to see it first? I think it's one of those see it to believe it kind of things. Okay. I think WWE, though, is setting up to start a war almost. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, I think this whole, and I, at first I didn't get the whole shakeup thing yeah. or whatever. Right. But I think this whole shakeup thing is to prepare people for, like, Raw is the big main brand. Right. And it's going to be Raw versus Dynamite is Right, yeah. I, don't, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, I think it's technically the... Tuesday Night Dynamite, but we don't 100% yeah. know yet. Yeah. But I think it's going to be almost Raw versus Dynamite. Yeah. And they're going to start heavy powering everyone they can. They're going to have AJ, Seth, Roman, everybody back on Raw. Mm-hmm. And they're going to powerhouse Raw to make it as best as it can be. Mm-hmm. And then SmackDown's going to be definitely the B show because yeah, it's, the is, they have to win and that the, one. And right the there. problem, though, is that with WWE is they have to still, they got to give SmackDown some talent because they're moving to Fox now, right? Yeah. So that, that show can't suck. Yeah. That TV deal is reliant. That's why WWE, I believe, is so stuck in the way that they're doing things because the money's still flowing. They just got the biggest TV deal they've ever gotten. And the product, in a lot of people's mind, has never been worse mm-hmm. since probably the mid 90s. So. With, with all that being said, right? I, you know, like even Jericho came out. It's like it's gonna be a war. It's it's inevitable, right? It's yeah. gonna happen, it right? I'm interested. I'm kind of like you though, where I'm like, I gotta see it. Yeah. I'm really interested to see the production value as mm-hmm. a whole, like double or nothing. When we watch that, that'll be fun because yeah. it will kind of. I'm get wondering a if like is it gonna it. look like like the G1 did, or is it gonna look right. like how like NWA does, right? In like production exactly. value, yeah. Because I think a... that's different, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want it to look like Ring of Honor does, no. but right? will it look like All In did? Right, I guess it's like the yeah. real question because all in looked super nice, yes, like stadium, exactly. everything looked like right. very nice. And that's the thing, right? It needs to look big, yeah. right? And it needs to look like it's got the production value. I know that, that that doesn't mean a lot to everybody. It's about the product, but it's not though. It's really, really not. If you look back in, in history, right? Let's take a history lesson with Rob for a second. WCW did not have the greatest production value, okay? No. But they had one thing that went really well for them: the NWO. Okay, they had one thing. It was all it was. Raw had better production value, it had more pyro, had more lights, technically had more talent, if you really want to be honest with yourselves. But it, WCW won. Why? Because it was different. It changed the way people thought about wrestling for a specific period of time. It was something that you never knew what was going to happen, so you had to watch. Okay, It's the same thing here. Okay, mm-hmm. The production value matters. The, you know, the quality of the content matters. And if nothing else, if AEW is going to be a success, all it needs to do is challenge WWE. Yep. If you want to see a better product, right, you need to hope and pray AEW is legit. Yes. Absolutely need to pray it's legit. I think, and we've been saying it literally ever since AEW has formed on right. this podcast, yeah. that um, I think it was like the first episode we talked about how people um, 
tune into Raw and all they do is complain and that's what they want. It's right. just complain, complain, and complain. Right. But it means you're still watching it. Exactly. And eventually you're going to get to the point where people are going to be just praising Screw AEW. Yep. I'm done with this. Yep. I can spend my Monday nights doing something else mm-hmm. and I can spend Tuesday nights watching wrestling now. Exactly. And Absolutely. you don't want that because then Raw ratings will drop super low. Mm-hmm. If AEW ever passes on in ratings, outside the first like yeah. month yeah, maybe. Saying, give it a year. Like the first year there's going to be a there's going to be a love phase right where yeah. it's new i gotta see what's going on right yeah but after that and you gotta de- see the development you know of what i mean right stuff, because yeah. you're only gonna get so far with all oh, the young bucks are on mainstream television right yeah. you can only get so far with that it, there still has to be stories there mm-hmm. still has to be the talent you know what i mean i think AEW will feel it too because you never had uh the bucks cody well cody was in wwe yeah. but like kenny they've never been on a show that's nope. week that's week aired to weekly, week. Week to and week you almost week. have to be on every single week. Yep. Like especially early. Yeah. When the Bucks are in New Japan and they're on once every month, mm-hmm. it's like wow, the Bucks are gonna be here this like this right. day, this month. Like yeah. it's crazy. Now it's like oh, like you know, same same five yeah. guys are gonna or be even there. Even when they're now. in Ring of Honor, right? Okay, okay. Bucks versus Briscoes this week, and then you don't see them for three weeks of TV because they do it all in one yeah. big taping. You know what I mean? So it's like okay, it's a different platform. Right? It's different than these guys have seen. It's going to be two hours, right? They're bringing in the best of the best talent, right? Mm-hmm. So the the ability to develop these storylines, ability to keep people invested outside of just, oh, it's, it's Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. You're only going to get so far with that. So they have some progress they need to do. But the fact that they are on this network shows that there is so much belief in what they're going to do here. It's extremely exciting. Mm-hmm. And if you're a wrestling fan, even if you don't like any of these guys, you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. You should be happy that it exists because the people you do know, the Roman Reigns, the Seth Rollins, the Charlotte Flairs, the Becky Lynch's of the world, you want them competing against other people, even if they're not as good. Because TNA is not competition. Ring of Honor is not competition. New Japan is not competition. New Japan should be competition. They should be, but they're not. And they're never going to be. That's really. They're, they're never really going to be. Yeah. They're never going to. They're never going to make an imprint in the United States. AEW is. Mm-hmm. Or at least we hope it will be. Right? And they've got everything so far. Check. Check. Check, check, check. It's extremely exciting. I'm so pumped about it. I was really excited to come talk about it because I was like, now that I've seen it, I've been calling for it for so long. Like I need to, know, I need to know where they're going to be on TV because if you're going to tell me you're on Paramount Network, I'm going to flip my shit because that's not what I want. You know what I mean? It's crazy because NBA owns TNT too. Yeah. So they're taking out NBA on Tuesday nights. That's usually a big NBA night. Prime and, slots and putting it on uh, for AEW. Can't so. freaking wait. All right. Last topic, Kyle. Welcome back. All right, we're gonna go. We're, yeah, I want to talk. Back, I want to talk some Matt Patricia stuff now. Um, he was on Good Morning Football last week, right? They kind of interviewed him, there, and the first thing, the thing they kind of really noticed was they kind of hit on some topics that uh, us as Detroit fans, you know, notice pretty frequently. Lions get nothing, right? The Lions make a draft pick. Yeah, we're talking about the previous draft pick, and then we skip right over that guy and go to the next guy, right? The Lions sign a free agent. That's cool. Uh, they overpaid, I'm sure. Whatever they do, right? Anything that we perceive as positive immediately is, you know, on the wayside. And they brought that up, right? And they're saying Bears are getting love. Minnesota's getting love. Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. He's going to be the greatest thing ever. And he's going to cure cancer. And then you've got the Lions. And we're just there. And when you watch this, and I, and I encourage people, it's probably on NFL.com. Just look it up. Um, if you watch this, the first thing Matt Patricia does as he smiles and he snickers and he goes, good, talk about him. They're awesome. Every single one of them. They're really, really great. Really hope we can compete with them. And is as a Lions fan, as, as a traditional self-admitted homer that I am, I loved it. 
Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it because it was like, oh my gosh, like he's got something. If nothing else, he's got motivation. There's something within him that makes him just go like, oh yeah, just you just you talk about those guys. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be over here doing our thing. Mike, I want to start with you. When you hear those comments and then you see his response about him just kind of being like, oh yeah. Yeah, you go for it. You talk about them. You do. You do. You does that. Does that do anything for you? Like it did for me? Because it kind of gave me like that. Like, yeah, that's right. Like, kind of like one of those um, things. Like, you guys have no idea what we're about to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, well, yes and no. I mean, yes to your extent. Yeah. Where like as a homeboy, it's like yes, I love that. Yeah. But at the same time, when you look at the Lions retrospectively to everything else, we are the worst organization in the NFL. Yeah. By a. I mean, the Browns are kind of there, but but pretty much a long shot. Yeah, it's like us. Yeah, I would say the Browns are probably worse. But it's a yeah, yeah. It's either one. It's an argument of which one's worse. Mm -hmm. And so, not giving us much love is like, right? You know, it's whatever. It doesn't shock me. But what it is is that it's it's one of those things where I just wish that I wish that there was some at least some. It's because Detroit's not sexy, right? There's nothing that's, about that's us that makes that makes us fun, right? I mean, we can look at it and we go, okay, what what about Detroit, right? Even when we had Calvin Johnson, nobody talked about him. No. You know what I mean? Really, unless he had like this breakout game, right? Yeah. We go eleven and five, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? We we do things. We have the best defense in the league. It doesn't matter, right? You got winning. It, it's, it's no, what, no, like, no, 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 for, for sure, right? But and then you see guy, but you see teams like Cleveland and New York and. You know, teams like that, which are dumpster fires, yeah. right? The Jets have sucked for years, right? They've never truly won anything, really. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I get it. They won a playoff game, I understand. But point being is that you've got teams like that also where it's like they're just as big a dumpsters, but they seem to get more love than Detroit, too, right? So for me, I go, I would just like it, I just like some sort of coverage. like some. That's why I want them on hard knocks. This is because I feel like it would be the first time where, like, you could, like, see some stuff within the inner workings of the organization. Mm. You know what I mean? It's such a vault yeah. in Allen Park. I think I'm more of a, I like the keep quiet kind of side. I do, but as like, a fan. From a fan saying, I want to win, I don't care about hard knocks. But as a fan, I'm just, I want I want to see my team, and I want some oh. positivity about my team for once in this freaking world. I want to be able to see them be on TV and be like, oh, okay, that's cool. I see why they're doing that. Uh, I mean, you know what I mean? I watch a lot of, like, like you know, FS1s and all yeah. that stuff. Right. And I'm totally okay with them never talking about the Lions yeah. because the second they ever bring up the Lions, it's, it's always, always bad. bad. It's always bad. And I'd rather have nothing than bad. Yeah. Every highlight starts... is against us. Every, yep. you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a disaster. Kyle, same question to you. What is you, I mean, do you do you think they should be talked about more? Is it strictly they need to start winning? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I think if they win the division this year, right, say they win the division, I just don't think they're going to talk about us. No. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I it's like we win a Super Bowl. I still don't think they talk about it. Oh, I think it would be like the most lowest rated, like lowest viewed Super Bowl Depends ever. who we play against. Yeah. Because they yeah. just want everyone to beat us. That's, that's what it would be. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, right. Like if it's a Patriots, it'd be... Actually, I don't know. Yeah, right. If we play the Patriots, I don't know. That would yeah. be interesting. Brady's 55. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. 43. Going off what Michael said, like, from an outside perspective, why, I don't know why would anybody would want to talk about the Lions. Like, New York, they suck, but they're like, it's New York. It's, it's a good. funny it's, it's a funny suck. It's a f- Like, yeah, you trade right, Odell, yeah, you yeah, kidding yeah, me? Exactly. Yeah. Or the Jets, right? The Jets fire everybody after the draft. Everybody Adam Gase has weird eyes. Yeah. yeah like, I guess. He's cracked out. But, like, New York, like, it's a big market. Like, they do stupid things. We laugh at them. Right. Because they're a joke. And the Lions, like, yeah. whatever they like. Like, yeah. when are we talking about the Tennessee Titans? Why are you slamming? Why are you slamming your oh, hands? It's okay. I get it's, right. it's, not I get it's not that emotional. It's not that emotional. It's okay. Oh, just wait. Jeez. Apparently. Good word. <laughs> okay. But, no, I mean, I, I agree with you to a certain extent, right? We're boring, right? I understand it. But it's like, but here's the thing, though. I look at a team like, 
like I look at Dallas. Dallas is another example, right? I get it. They're America's team. They have not won anything since like '96. Okay, I was two for reference. Okay, you guys weren't even alive then. So, but you know what I mean. It's like always these teams were never the team. You, know, it's it's one. They could do anything. They could sign Tom Brady tomorrow, and yeah, they're gonna finish eight and eight. You know, you know, okay, we, you, know we, we you know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's just like I just the the bias and the I guess not even bias is the word, but it's like everyone's got eternal optimism about every other team. It seems like except ours. Every like the Browns. Browns this year are going sixteen and zero. If you if you believe anything that they've done in the offseason, right? They're gonna they're gonna win every game. Oh. Pittsburgh's gonna lose every game because they lost oh. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. You know what I mean? So, but that's my point, though, right? What actually happens, right? The Rams were supposed to go 16-0 last year, win the Super Bowl, and they couldn't even put up a touchdown, right? Jared Goff is supposed to be the, you know, next Messiah. Whatever. You know what I mean? It's just these, these things where there's so much positivity around other teams, and everyone's like, wow, look at what they're doing. And the Lions go out and make actual moves that, like, make sense, where if the Jets were to have signed Trey Flowers, wow, Trey Flowers go to the Jets. That defense is going to be top 10, going to be top 5 defense next year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Same thing with C.J. Mosley, right? They signed C.J. Mosley to do a bunch of money. Where the Lions don't get credit for saying, all right, we're going to pay Trey Flowers, but we didn't trade for Frank Clark or D. Ford and give up picks in addition to getting Trey Flowers mm-hmm. and paying him a lot of money. So it's those kinds of things where you go, these guys are getting all these praise for doing all these shrewd moves, but the Lions are doing that the same way. And I get it. It's got to be seen on the field. But none of these teams have been on the field yet. So it's it's it just boggles my mind a little bit where it, you, know, you just go... All right, you know, yeah. you know. Oh, Tony Romo took a crap. Well, you know, Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> Dak Prescott's going to get paid thirty-five million dollars to hand the ball off to Zeke thirty-five times a game. It's not that hard. I could do that. You know what I mean? It's not. You know. I wish I could do that. Right? No kidding. <laughs> right? It's the easiest job in the freaking world. You know? Shoot. It's just those are the kinds of things where I just wish that Lions would get just a little bit more love. Hopefully, when we win a playoff game. Great God! That <laughs> oh, it's got really quiet. Maybe we'll get some. Maybe we'll get some luck. I don't know. It's just something oh, that kind of that eats away at me. But all right, that's gonna be it for episode twenty-five of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Tune in every week, Monday seven a.m. YouTube obviously goes live every Wednesday at seven a.m. for the NBA Insider Kyle Budzinowski. for the Merc Zone. Yep. I am the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka, and we will see you guys as always next time. <laughs>